Welcome to Trauma Queen, where we normalize talking about some pretty hard shit. I'm Jiminika Eborn, your certified trauma queen. I've been working with survivors of assault for over a decade. This season, we'll be talking about black femmes. We will discuss how we, as black femmes, experience the world differently, both in our interpersonal relationships and the everyday trauma of being a black femme in today's society. Like always, the focus will be on our journey to healing and finding support. In each episode, I'll give three new resources directly related to the topics we cover. For years, I've seen survivors portrayed without their voices never being really heard. This changes now. Let's heal together. Hey y'all, we may be talking about some things that may bring up some feelings for you. And if that's you, that's totally okay. We're talking about a lot of intense emotions. So if this is affecting you, please take some time for yourself. Maybe you can come back. Maybe you have to skip an episode and that's okay. Come back when you can and we'll be here for you. Before we get started, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a platform that connects you with a personal online therapist. They have hundreds of licensed therapists and can connect you with one within 24 hours. Cognitive therapy has been proven to be the leading most effective treatment for PTSD, anxiety, and childhood trauma. I always recommend first seeking an in-person therapist, especially for crisis situations, but online therapy is also a fantastic option, especially if you live in an area where you don't have access to a therapist with the black experience, the queer experience, or they're just too expensive. With BetterHelp, you can filter to find exactly what kind of therapist you'd like. And if it doesn't feel right with the first person, you can match with a new counselor within 24 hours. You can video chat, talk on the phone, do an app messaging, and it's available for desktop or mobile. Go to betterhelp.com queen. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash Q-U-E-E-N to find your personal counselor for as low as $35 a week. Hey y'all, I am really excited to bring this human to you and share some things. Whenever this human and I are together and in the same room, it's a petty, hot, laughter, um, love, spiritual connection mess, and you're welcome for what's about to come towards you. Um, can you tell us your name and pronouns? Yes, my name is Jordy. Pronouns, he, she, they, one word, or all of them used in a sentence, and or um, any other pronouns that I haven't been exposed to yet. Okay. I'm like so down to have people experiment with me. Just do it. Okay. Let's okay, break gender that, I mean, together. that could be an open thing. <laughs> you know, experiment with let's me. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. So... <laughs> So let's get started. Um, what does being a black femme mean to you? Mm, a black femme, I I feel like a black femme, when you said that, I saw my grandmother. Mm. I saw um, my mother. I saw emotional depth. I saw emotional openness and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, and that as a strength. Um, as well as the use of femininity in a way that isn't seen in this very patriarchal world. So I feel like black femmes, um, in their existence, in our existence, are 
very anti-patriarchal or anti mm. um, this norm of masculinity masculinity that we see on a daily basis. Yeah. Um, and that that also is changing and morphing the more that, you know, um, we... I, there's a blending. I don't want to say a blurring of lines, but there's a blending of... Um, information as we tell our stories, as we begin to communicate with one another, as we see different shades of Black Femme mm -hmm. kind of arise, um, I see a lot of evolution um, and my own perspective of Black Femme changing every yeah. day when I'm like, Which is oh, beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, whoa. That's so beautiful. So new. <laughs> yes. Why do you think your story or perspective needs to be shared? I feel like with. With my story, I was writing this uh, a while ago about, you know, an interview. Tell your story, you know, tell your story or, you know, what haven't you seen? And there is a lot of invisibility, particularly with people like me, um, black queer people, non-binary black people. Um, even the hashtag on Instagram has like only like 1,000 posts. What's the hashtag? Um, black non-binary. Okay. And... There's this narrative um, in storytelling, in media, that is very white-dominated, that is very um, cisgendered, people who just, like, identify with this man, um, with this woman, and a lot of heteronormativity. So you just see a mm -hmm. lot of straight white males being able to tell their story. There's so many of them. Like, so it's, and it's also the same story. The kinda. same one. The it's, same one. It all starts and ends with privilege predominantly. That part. Yeah. So really being able to um, share what is not the norm, what is seen as other, um, what has been um, kind of categorized as myth, uh, and really shine light and say, hey, like a person like me does exist. Why don't you open your eyes and open your brain to creating new pathways, you know, create new pathways so that you say, oh, wow, mm -hmm. I never knew this person existed. Now I know. Um, and now I can, you know, evolve mm -hmm. in that way. When did you start to um, realize or start to claim being a black feminist, someone that may not visually present is like uh, what the world has taught us to look at is like, oh, well, these are, you're a, a femme because you have a vulva. Like what, mm -hmm. when did that start to evolve for you? Yes. I feel like there was this natural affinity towards femme, um, femme culture, femme energy that I gravitated to at a very young age. Um, being close to my grandmother, like being mm -hmm. in the kitchen, like popping off with her. Like she's a cancer, I'm a tourist, so we just bonded oh, around food and like <laughs> watching movies and crying. Like we just like went in. A lot of feelings. You know, just so much. <laughs> and we can like feed our feelings and just like eat brownies with walnuts in them and um, ice cream, like, you know. Yeah. Like no, that I want was some now. That that yeah. part. So I really found myself um with all of the femmes um, at school. Um, I was with all the girls, hanging out with all of the girls, doing the girl things, but it was um, kind of throughout childhood that a masculinity was enforced on me, like even in 
you know, the policing of my voice, like mm. lower your voice, like don't pop your hip, don't pop your wrists, like you can't play with the the girl toys, like you need to play with this car, join the football team. And that um, identity and that enforcing of that identity was very much a theme throughout my childhood mm -hmm. until I was really able to find a lot of uh, like is that word so, like it's when you asylum or or I was able to find like a safe space like in art yeah. yeah in in art and okay. being able to explore art and yeah. like uh different characters different flamboyances like on stage um where people can say oh like they're allowed to you it's know like, you they're know like acting. they're just entertaining us mm. and that was you know a safe space that I was able to explore in until I left home and was able to like be in my own space and and truly in that space at 18 was able to really reacquaint myself with my femininity and yeah. from 18 on was was a big uh, part of my transition with that have you had any um any unsafe situations or any regrets? Those are kind of two two different questions. Yes. With starting to claim and be like within yourself, within your body, and like saying it out loud. Yeah. I I have no regrets. Mm. I I really feel my journey um and see it threaded. I see my pain and I see um, the different places that my femininity or my identity has taken me, um, I see how they're connected to how I am now. And I love myself, so I have to love, if I love myself now, I have to love myself then. Yeah. I have to love, um, you know, the Jordy that's crying or the Jordy that's, you know, in pain or, or that does feel unseen or unheard. Um, because being in those situations arrived me here. Mm -hmm. And in that same breath, like, unsafety, I, I, I feel unsafe uh, or move through, you know, feelings of unsafety quite often. Um, when I, you know, first put on a dress in public, um, I was able to really uh, explore that, particularly like in a very queer space. So in yeah. at in San Francisco, um, in Pride, I think 2016, um, I was just able to stomp around the city and just be bombarded with the sea of yeses and <laughs> yes queen and like go girl, like all of this affirmation of oh, strength from a community just like washed over me. Yeah, It's being in non-queer spaces, it's being in unfamiliar spaces and being high femme that really um just like turn my brain to a different possibility um i have a scorpio moon so i'm always like am i gonna die today like like Ooh. or how you know and it was when i got braids in my hair i think last year oh, those were beautiful thank you yeah. i was popping off feeling like storm you know you did you did look like giving it. you like angela bassett you know from black panther and i remember walking out of the house and it was late because you know it took like seven hours or something it's a blessing and a you curse feel me? trying to get braided up that part. <laughs> and i'm like walking out towards my car and and I, I like see people and I'm like, oh, like people are going to see me like this. Yeah. And I didn't 
necessarily process because I, I, I knew it was going to be a change and I, I knew I was going to receive so much different information, but the fear of people seeing me like this. Definition time, y'all. Fear. Fear is an emotion that typically occurs when you perceive a threat to your personal well-being. Fear is a common emotion experienced by most people at some point or another. It's considered to be a normal, natural part of life. Fear has been linked with numerous behavioral and mental health concerns, especially for those who experience fear daily. Psychologically effects of fear can include intrusive or distracting thoughts, loss of focus, and confusion. People may also experience a variety of emotional effects, including terror, anxiety, anger, despair, numbness, or helplessness. The fear of people seeing me like this, um, like really came came up. And I had, before that, had many um, times where I'm wearing a dress and, you know, these men like see me in a car and, and immediately identify me as somebody who was, you know, born um, and assigned female at birth and start to hit on me, you know, and start to sexualize me and then realize, oh shit, like, there's this like, you know, a person who doesn't have a vulva that I can fuck and now I'm mad. Now I have to, mm -hmm. you know, like scream at you. Now I have to dehumanize you because of, you know, emotions that you made me process and information that that you made me do, you know, like bring up. So there is a lot of backlash that I feel, particularly from men um, or when I'm in environments where there are only like cis men around. Um, that's when my femininity or, or my identity um, feels like I, I have more, you know, feelings of unsafety to deal with, yeah. especially. Um, and I mean, that's, that's like what we're talking about. Like yeah. the trauma of just being a black femme, yeah. no matter how you present, when you open that door outside, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like there's been tons of black femmes dying, but they just start talking about it. Yes. But then there's still an abundance where they're just like, I mean... What did she do? You're like, yep. live, just breathe, <laughs> just make it. Um, and, and like moving through all the different spaces and you talked about like art and everything. Do you feel like you have ever lost anything like financially because you were just like, no, this is who I am? Yeah, I there was a moment, you know, where I'm. I'm dressing and presenting, you know, more more feminine in my fashion. I'm wearing more dresses and pastel colors and walking in heels and experimenting with, you know, with makeup, all of these things that I was able to in a very artistic environment to expand that into my daily life and find so much um, remembrance in that mm -hmm. to find, whoa, like this is so natural to me like this is this makes me feel good like and that being an act of self-care as well as self-preservation to to really um expand the boundaries of my own identity out of the boxes that i was put in um and it was from that where i was really faced with okay well what how does this influence um, my art and, you know, my my participation in this industry that is still very binary. I'm, I'm you know, after this, I'm going to an audition for, for this man, you know, very gay, you know, 
flamboyant man, but a man still, and I'm I'm fine exploring that aspect of myself and that story. But when I was in communication with my manager, like it was hard for her to understand like what what that meant, you know? She's like, oh, like you're non-binary now. Like, is this, you know, gonna be like a thing? Like how long are we gonna do it for? I'm sorry, or, what now? Like you're just tapping into it real brief, yeah, checking like, out the oh, scene. Okay, like you're changing up your brand. Let's see if this brand can make us money. Like, I don't know if, if we do go this route, if we can go back. That was something that mm. she said to me. I don't know if we can go back. And and I, I was a little bit confused because I, I was like, I can, I can do it all. I'm non-binary. I'm down to explore. I'm an, I'm an actor. I've been trained to put on masks. Um, I understand I'm going to be, you know, dancing with many different masks on and off of my face until the day that I die. Like, yeah. you know, I'm with my family. I'm wearing a mask. I'm at, you know, my job. I'm wearing a mask. I'm with mm -hmm. lovers. I'm wearing a mask and and they combine in that way. They, I dance with the different masks yeah. on my face, but when I was really talking to someone who was going to be submitting me for jobs, saying, oh, it's, we're gonna be limited, or we're gonna have, you know, we, we can only do so much, and I'll send you up for non-binary things, and all of, all of this stuff, it did. I did get less auditions. I, I've gotten less auditions. I've been, I love the auditions that I go on now, um, before I was going into a casting office and seeing like tons of um, black folks that literally looked like me, we were the same height, same skin complexion, like all all of the same like black um, people in an office. And now I'm you know in these offices with all of these different shades of non-binary like <laughs> beautiful artists. So I did I I feel like I did trade. Um, more opportunities for authenticity, mm -hmm. um, which is hard when you have to pay bills and is hard when you have to like, don't care. eat. Um, but for my self-care, it, it has really restored a lot of faith in yeah. me participating in an industry that I don't see actors and artists that I'm auditioning with. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, and this, you know, gets my wheels turning because I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a creator. I'm a creatrix. I have like creatrix. like a gravity oh. pull around me. Um, when I pop off and, and making all of these like projects, I know who to go to. Mm -hmm. I know that there are people that I want to see in the world that I'm creating for myself and for others to to see and witness that as well. So, have you created projects around this new evolvement that she thinks is happening? Yes, <laughs> yes. I, my projects um, last year um, have been really centered around around me, um, in terms of like my my particular like uh, like brain children um, are very much finding um, solitude, finding ceremony within myself and being able to explore that. So in these projects I have um, shown my my identity and my this dance between masculine, feminine, all the energies within my body um, through different stories that I tell. I am thankful for 
honestly, Snatch Power, hashtag Snatch Power. This T- tell me about tell me about her. Yeah, whom, whom this, is the Snatch this Power? Divine, um, queer, black, indigenous um, art collective. Oh um, yes, 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 yes. That yes, we, that was, was blessed with me in recently. 2014. I believe it was founded, um, and. Being in community of mm-hmm. like black queer folks who are very much like expanding and breaking outside of gender norms and um, boxes of of identity, um, coming together in ceremony and in uh, sharing our art in a collective way has been very grounding for me. Um, while being in my own truth and seeing other people in their Um, the spectrums of of their truth as well, and yeah. how they can all exist in the same world. When there there are you know art pieces that say that you know we're just these magical mythical creatures that I mean, don't exist, you we know, ma- we and are that. very magical. And that <laughs> they're welcome. So the first project that I did with them, um, with the collective, was about eight of us. And we uh, did this invocation of Kalafia, the Moorish goddess of California, this black femme who, at the roots of this land, um, talks to the trees, communes with Sequoia, um, and is here for for justice mm-hmm. um, and for communion of indigenous folks, of black folks, um, particularly on this land. Wow. So I we were to able to, yeah, to do that in Lace, um, Los Angeles Contemporary Exhibits, I think, um, on Hollywood, and we did it that invocation, that ceremony, um, in that space, and that was the first of of three performances that w- I was able to do with them last year. That's beautiful. Yeah. Damn it! I wish I was there. Okay. Yes. Well, it's fine. It's fine. I'll send you the video. Oh my god! Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Do you think before we start talking about before we get a little petty because it's coming? Yeah, um, do you think you have needed, or as you continue to evolve, um, has needed or will need mental health support? Mm, mm. Woo! This is such a. I'm thankful this is coming up because I I have a lot of questions about mental health support. Yeah. I'm thankful for community um, and tribe that I found that really has held me in my need for for check-ins, for, you know, calling me. I was just feeling you like, do you want to talk? And I'm so thankful because I'm crying right now. Like, let's talk about it. Or let's gather around the moon. Let's find a cycle. Um, But even then, there's only so much that your immediate group can do and mm-hmm. people around you and your family and yourself can hold. Um, in this conversation of mental health, I had questions because my mom, you know, I'm telling her about the weight of the world and my empathy and I'm feeling so much and, you know, I'm crying and I'm like experiencing, you know, all of this pain at the time that I was having this conversation with my mother. I was working um, in the middle of Skid Row and making medicine, but also seeing the need for so much healing um, in a in a police state, literally police on horses yeah. riding tickets to like houseless beings yeah. who literally have empty bottles of wine because they're they're in their house they're trying to survive 
and they're just being funneled into this prison complex. So I was seeing that and just feeling feeling everything in that moment, in that that time. I'm, I'm saying that, but it was maybe a year mm-hmm. and Skid a half Skid a hard place to just try to support and just be, because it's so much at one yes. time. and it's being gentrified. There are literally white people walking their dogs in the middle of the street, listening to you their iPhones. You can gentrify yes. Skid Row? There are, the, the place that I was in, living in, across the street, there were like thousand dollar lofts that people were, were paying for. Um, sky rise loft places that that in in front of the the door people were sleeping in front of Mm. so it was really hard for me and my mom was just like you need to find like someone to talk to like a therapist like have you thought and from for me when I'm like talking to spirits and I'm very much like you know like communicating with the world's unseen and am like popping off, talking to the birds and the bees and literally hawks, like finding all of this magic around me. Mm-hmm. I feel like this very, I feel like mental health and my perception of mental health has always been shown um, very left brain, very Western, mm-hmm. um, very box. Um, and honestly, there were like some past life things where, you know, I'm talking to aliens and I'm like speaking in tongues, channeling, and people are saying, whoa, that's not normal. Like, let's take you into a hospital and take your brain. So this idea of like what is different, we can't, has no, we can't hold space for that. Okay. And everything other than that is seen as, well, you need to take this medicine. And mm-hmm. I've seen people around me being like just handed drugs. Not knowing what they are. Like, not knowing how they're going to affect people. And getting caught up. Yeah. Like that, I, like I've seen that and dealt with that very like intimately with loved ones, like loved ones, like, and seeing all of the drugs that they had access to because they went to someone who was able to write a prescription Who was for that, reckless. You know? There are a lot of reckless folks out there. And for me, at that time, the energy that I would want to put in to find someone, because my mom was like, oh, you can find someone who can, who who's down, who speaks that language, who, you know, is cool, you know, speaking to you about your dreams and, and all of these things that can be affordable. The amount of time that would have gone in to research that was time spent from me like truly hustling to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I didn't have access to the resources to find that and the time and energy to find that that source of mental health care um, when I when I did. And now I'm I'm really curious because I have no insurance. You know, I haven't had insurance since I turned 26. I'm looking for support in different ways and am curious how how black queer femmes can exist in in a world where I only see white therapists mm-hmm. um, um, in my mind I only see white therapists and, and being able to shift that and talk about that you know yeah I mean for me I seeked out I was like, oh, no, this is cool. So yes. so I have Medi-Cal. Yes. Because she doesn't also have coins. Mm-hmm. Um, and the universe was like, oh, girl, but you still need some support because you give support, yes. which you do as well. Um, and I was like, I would call people and be like, hi, uh, do you have any black women? Yes. You don't? Okay, well, thank you so much because I need me a black lady. Yes. Um, and it's. I think it's also just being able to 
to walk into a room and just exhale together yes. is really important. Yes. Um, I would love to try to help you find someone. Divine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, everyone that comes on the show, I'm like, what do you need? How yeah. can I help you? What are we doing? But honestly, I think it's really important, especially with the work that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, like you do your own healing and I want to talk about the healing and yes. stuff also, but it's like, it's hard to just be. Yeah. In a world that wasn't built for you, in a world that seemingly hates the shit out of us. <laughs> yes. I don't understand because we didn't help you, babies. I'm like, what's good? Yeah. Like, you good? you will turn to us behind closed doors in secrecy. Yeah. But when we cross you in the street, we become sluts, whores, and raggedy bitches, and all kinds of just ignorant comments. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it is hard to find someone, and it's... Therapy is a luxury, mm-hmm. right? Like it's a privilege. And yes. I say that people are like, no, like everyone, I'm like, no, yeah. everyone can't yeah. and everyone doesn't. And also you brought up medication. I remember in college I was having like anxiety attacks to the point where I was just passing the fuck out. Wow. And people were like, well, you should get on some medication. And I was like, it's going to be a no for me. Because also when they do that, sometimes they forget to ask you if you have addicts in your family mm-hmm. because that is passed down. Mm-hmm. They're like, have you ever? I'm like, but you haven't asked about who birthed me yeah. and who birthed them. Yeah. Because we carry all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, I will help you. Yes. We go, we're going to find you someone. Support. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to find you someone to, to bring it in. Yeah. Tighten it up a little bit. Because you are just magical. Like, you provide you. blessings and support to other people. And as healers, we got to have someone else, like... No, keep us together. Yes, judge me. Yeah. Um, so you were talking about before, like your healing and mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. My healing. The first word that came to mind is solitude, mm-hmm. and I just like come to a space and like come to myself, and within me is a whole world. So I I need to be in solitude. Like I need to be with all aspects of me because there's so many voices like in my own in my own vessel that I just need to like commune with and be mm-hmm. like, okay, what do you need? Okay, you need to take a bath. Cool. Like let's run the water. All right, you need me to put some crystals in there. Okay, great. Like oh, this incense, this oil. Um, the beginning of my self care started with writing, journaling, um, and that was imposed on me from you know a a young age i saw my mother do it um there was a year where i wrote every day um and carried that with me into my like uh schooling environment and there there was a lot of breaking you know they really you know break you down ask you really invasive questions about your personal life your emotions um and hold a mirror Mm -hmm. up to you and say you're crying remember that feeling remember what it looks like so that you can paint with that color um for money or for a grade Mm -hmm. on stage or in the next project like break feel how you see how it feels okay great use it you know was like this this environment that i was in for four years at school um, so that required me to do a lot of repairing, like reparation. <laughs> like I was like, it's the word trying to like, let's just say it again, reparation. <laughs> um, and I, I found that with weed, honestly, in, um, with weed and food, 
you know. I love a good snack. And I was, a, And a little Mary. Yes, you know, and together. It's, yes. It's, it's just time. like, hey. So in sophomore years, when I started to, like, utilize, like, that medicine um, and utilize it in communion, community, and that um, with close people around me that I, you know, gravitize through food. Like, hey, come over. Let's cook. I, I got you. Like, let's come over. Let's watch something. Let's, like, mm -hmm. listen to each other. Was able to really talk a lot of things out and commune in that way. Um, and that gave me, you know, a lot of tools for myself to, like, then take into my room and um, light incense and write affirmations on the wall and whatnot. Um and now my self-care and my self-healing is very intuitive mm -hmm. and it looks it looks very different like wildly different from like one one stage of my life to the next stage there is a a through line a baseline of journaling of stretching mm -hmm. of meditating every day of putting my feet on the earth every day mm. um and of making sure I drink enough water. And that's something that I'm like <laughs> lacking. Like, okay, I have like four of these. Let's find my water now. I have four of these that I need to drink a day and or five. And, you know, at least now this cycle, I've only been drinking like two, one. And I felt it. And with this relationship with my own self-care, my own self-healing, my body is so sensitive. Like I'm, I realize, mm -hmm. oh, when I do this, like, it shifts my whole mood, right? Yeah. I shift my whole perspective. My, I'm grooming my body to be more sensitive. And I'm also, the more time that I spend with myself, being able to listen and hear what my body is telling me. Like, hey, like, don't go in that room. Like, take a little breath before. Hey, put your phone down. Like, I think it's like getting you a little loopy. Like, just yeah. like, put it down, put it on airplane mode. Let's take a couple breaths. Like, yeah. let's read this book. And I'm listening more to my body now than when I started my self-care practice, which was, I mean, I feel like that was divine intervention because there, you know, I was participating in a lot of things that were, that could have actively thrown me off of this path of healing and, mm -hmm. and like repairing myself. Yeah. Um, and now I feel like I have more groundedness within it yeah before we started recording and i told you to stop talking in, in a loving way we started talking about dating um, <laughs> this may be petty i hope it is um what has it been like because dating is you know i just went on hiatus from dating uh cis white men yes um our manager is real excited yes um <laughs> he's been cheering for this for the long listen you can't see dan but dan is laughing yes. in excitement <laughs> um what is it like navigating through being a black woman just trying to date yeah because this you know it's it's no, rough it's in these cute streets. it's cute scary outside um i i am like freshly new to this dating world, to this dating game. I'm so welcome, I'm sorry. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> a lot of my experiences, sensually, sexually, have been behind closed doors. Um, in this uh, world of uh, apps, um, in this very internet world, especially in, in, a, in queer, in this, in a, I would say for myself, but also collectively, I feel like there's a queer, there's an environment um, in this, queer community of, yo, like, let's meet, 
in this back alley like yo it's it's mm -hmm. it's dark like night has fallen like let's meet in this park like let's like we we have to explore our sensuality our sexuality behind closed doors secrecy there's there has been an evolution now that i'm thankful for in terms of showing like queer people expressing their love holding hands um publicly displaying their affection that allows it to be more palatable for violent um heteronormative people or closeted queer people who can't express them themselves in response to this radical love in front of them um that i feel like I wanted to say dissipating, but I know it's mm, uh, it's 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 just like it's like it's being flung up, you know. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of depth, like in like queer relationships and expression that is being like flung up now because it's always been there. It's not new. No. But it's been like flung up so that people can say like, "Yo, like this has been here the whole time. Like, take a look at it." That being said. I I was manifesting like partnership for a long time. Monogamous, um, you and I partnership for a long time because of, you know, people around me, a lot of my straight friends, like meeting that heteronormative you know, life is pushed like upon one us. And, uh, and one and the other, we meet together, like one pays for dinner, like we go to the movies, we can hold our hands, like we can build, like we move in together and That's we it. have, we did it. you know, like We've that, achieved. that is what it is. Um, and I, I had only seen that, um, expression of dating, mm -hmm. um, from the time that I was born, you mm -hmm. know, like, my my whole perception of love and relationship was based on, you know, straight people and mostly mostly white people like kissing or cartoons and I love them. Um, <laughs> I still want to get to like Lion King goals of like Simba and Nala rolling around, okay, like, playing with the fireflies. Like. Well, they're black, so they are. Yeah. So yes, Lion yes. King is about black people. I don't care right, what you say. right. Um, so now. And, and I wasn't able to really express myself or, or be in relationship or find those partnerships. A lot of people would call me intimidating. Um, and I felt, I remember writing a poem, I felt like a, like a panther or a large cat that um, is behind this closed window. And there are a lot of people that come to see this cat, mm. that come to watch this cat. and see talk and, and point at how beautiful this cat is and take pictures and admire me but from afar and not willing to really participate in like the the power that they see that they're drawn to oh my god like i'm literally like tearing up because like <laughs> i i feel like that oh my god i'm gonna cry on my own child yes. Type of this. yes i feel like that has been how i've been navigating yeah like i have been scared yeah to like date for my life. Yes. So I just stay at home with my Hitachi. But <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is like we're on display and they're yeah. like, oh my God, you're so great. Yeah. And you're so beautiful. Yeah. And I'm going to come fuck some shit up and I'm going to bang on your window yeah. and yeah. like excite you. Yes. And then I'm going to disappear. Yeah. Goodbye. I have my picture. I have the evidence yes. that I interacted with you and the power of you. So long. Farewell. Yeah. I'm going to just play with my house cat over here. Stupid Basic Becky. <laughs> Um, <laughs> not back though. Um, and so that bitch and you, her name was back. That's right, why she didn't make it. Right. So there was an evolution 
There was an evolution last year, and this was a radical evolution. I married myself. I said, I'm not going to get married to mm. anyone else in this lifetime but me. I'm marrying Jordy my has blood. has a red band, a red band on her on finger. My finger. And I poked it under a blood moon eclipse in July. And I'm, I made a pact with myself to live with my heels in the ground. I felt like I was walking on my tiptoes with the potential of me leaving this planet or being spirited away somehow and said, hey, like I'm gonna unapologetically be here. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. When I put my heels into the ground, when I grind them into the earth and say, well, like you got me, like what's good, mm -hmm. what's good? And after that, all of these things opened for me creatively and then for me like sensually, sexually, this like, trying i met this beautiful being beings just like came out of the woodworks i started to like slug with this person you did what slug with them what is i say slug okay so y'all need to really look up leopard slug sex um it's really interesting you can't see my face but i'm stuck. <laughs> Go ahead. the slugs symbolize through pheromones that they're ready to have sex and through their slime another slug will like scent it and then follow their like slime trail until they catch up to them they'll start nipping at that ass <laughs> and then they find a tree they like climb this tree and then they just slug and wind and grind all over each oh other God. until they get mucusy and slugs are and Andromedas, they have both like male, female, XY, all of that. So like they're an animal that I work with and I'm just like, yes, like all of that. But they slug and they slime and they hang from the tree, from a, a, a slime, like rope, a rope slime from their bodies. And they slime and then they wind around each other and then their penises come out. And their <gasps> penises are these glowing opalescence like, they look like orchids, like galactic orchids that wrap around each other and they, they make like two cocoons, one of their body and one of their penises until Almost one fail. of them stick, sticks a barb in the other and the one who sticks the barb deeper um, gets pregnant. This is a whole ass experience. It's a whole thing. You gotta look it up on YouTube, but we they basically- They have it on YouTube? They do. Everything's on YouTube. Why did I ask? So we slugged up. I mean, you can only imagine what two humans slugging looks like, but I'll let you leave it to your imagination. We slugged. It was magical. <laughs> We've been slugging for a minute. Um, and that like really opened a trine for me. After that, like this beautiful being who I had been weaving with, um, in like for a month before this person like opened to you know exploring our bodies together um and then another person just like came up so i feel like there was this trine that opened from me really just saying i'm gonna be on this planet mm -hmm. that then allowed people um the permission to like come to me and to like just like really be with me because I was being, the glass. you know, because I was being here. I was being with myself so mm -hmm. they could be with me. Um, and that has opened a lot of things for me. Um, I haven't had, I, with a couple of them, I've been able to talk about polyamory. Um, but I am curious about like having more conversations about that. Um, a lover of mine came from New York, and, and that was really lovely. Is really lovely. They're staying here now. And then I'm also planning 
to leave the city. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of um, expectation versus reality. Expectation of what love looks like and expressions of love and relationship and what I want um, and the reality of what I have um, and being present. So these relationships that have come up have really you know, challenged me to be present. Like, how how am I with myself? How am I with you? Um, and how can I be the most authentic in these moments as well? Um, so, we out here. We out here. We trying. <laughs> I don't know. Dating is scary. I just... Uh... It is. But, you know, for me, because I, I am polyamorous, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's also why predominantly like my partners like I have three partners right now mm-hmm. and they are white um they they do all their own work yes. and they be out here working they they are definitely um more than allies yes so they're they're out here pushing me like ah, I'm gonna go do the thing okay good because I wasn't gonna do it yeah you do it um but also I feel like there's such a connection with someone that looks like you oh, say that. Oh. and has the same story as you. And if I tell you I had this experience, you're not like, well, tell me more. You're like, bitch, I got it. Yeah. You want to talk about the part, how we, how we want to like fuck people up a little bit. Like where are we at? Yes. Yes. Um, and so that, that's definitely. Whew. Yes. Whew. Black love, black love. That is something that I am calling in mm-hmm. like that. I You're not open to black, brown, you know, just yes. some, put some melanin on it. Yes. Put, instead put of putting stank on it, put, put some, some melanin, melanin on, on it. it. Put some melanin that we need to put that on a shirt. Hello. That's real. Dan, we need a shirt that says put some melanin on it. That's real. That's real. Um Yeah, I feel that. I I've been weaving with a lot of POCs, um, two which have the same last name. I do have a lovely couple that wants to to dance with me. So oh. we'll see. Well, hey. Yeah, they're beautiful. I'll show you. Say that. They are beautiful. I'm here. Exploration and what you said about like likeness. Likeness and like frequency and being able to heal um together like similar similar wounds, mm. similar patterns that you want to break. Mm. Um with dating, a lot of my uh a lot of the base notes have been um on on grinder or craigslist and being exposed to people saying oh like white white only or or white and latino only and if there was ever somebody who was very explicitly only looking for black people it was like a a fetishization Mm -hmm. blacks plus 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 treat me as your slave dominate me and i'm like i'll take your coins like you gonna pay me that how much? I mean, I just wanted to try this. I'll be like, you got me fucked yes. up. I am not an experiment. That's real. And you don't want to try this because I'll probably ruin you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I blocked myself. Um, I put a parental block for myself on <laughs> Grinder and Tinder because I have a tendency to turn into a werewolf. My sexuality becomes, you know, it just it ebbs and flows. And when it ebbs and I think and this peaks, is why we like, get along so well. <laughs> I get bored and swipe, get in trouble, and then delete. Right? Right. Just all the evidence gone. <laughs> Deleted. I'm a new person. Who this? Who this? What happened? It's 6 a.m. I'm covered in blood and semen. What's good? Um, so I had to stop um, for myself, for my own self-care, self-preservation. Um, I 
I stopped. So now, because I don't have access to a lot of the platforms that people are using to talk to one another and, and lovely connections I've seen being made on Tinder and like Grindr, all of these, these new forms of communicating with people, I have to look outside of that mm. um, and and find out what works for for me for Jordan now. So we're 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 still figuring that out. <sighs> wow. Do you have any <laughs> uh, tips for healing and surviving? Yes. Black yes. fans out here, we. Whew. I mean, I definitely think this is our year. Like I, I had to tell someone that at a Speak. wedding this weekend when yes. we were surrounded by white people. I was like, look, I'm gonna trip you because I have to make it and tell the story. It's my year. Yes. Yes, it is my year. Tips for surviving. Oh, community, mm -hmm. tribe. One of the reasons why I'm still here on this planet is because of um, tribe and community around me. Um, when we were talking about affirmations, like that is very powerful. Finding people in your life, surrounding yourself um, with people in your life that can affirm you. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful now that our communities can expand outside of just our physical environments. Mm -hmm. um, because especially growing up, like I didn't necessarily have um, an environment that was the most affirming for who I am and what my identity is. But now I see, you know, people in Brazil um, being able to affirm me, uh, a beautiful non-binary person in China, like, popping off, like, you know, we're able to communicate um, healing and trauma in that way. I feel like finding community wherever um, that is in alignment with you and your identity and your purpose and, um, and who you are, what you love, is... Uh, a, a really powerful way to self-preserve and to um, self-heal and self-love yourself in the now community um, and also talking to your body. I was saying like, ooh, my body just has so much to say. Mm -hmm. And there are so many systems that we exist in, um, messages that we're being like that are being pumped into us and 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 um, being exposed to that say like you don't have any of the information in your body. All of the information you need to survive is found outside of you. You need a certain amount of coin to get this. Mm -hmm. You need you need to um, watch this show to be better. You need to um, go and buy these clothes to be better. You need to, you know, find all of these things outside of yourself. And we're never taught to, like, go we're into ourselves. ourselves. The, the times, the first time I was in a community, like a communal space, told to put my hand over my heart and really feel my heartbeat was given the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm. In school, really tuning into yourself and 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 really allowing your heartbeat to like really guide you and and grant you, give you the information that you need to be good. What do you need? Wake up. Ask yourself, what do I need today? Body, tell me what I need. 
okay, I need to stay in bed for 30 minutes. Okay, oh, I need to get up right now and stretch or do like 10 jumping jacks. Oh, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. And just find ways to listen to your body. And that requires us to spend time with our bodies in a, in a world that really keeps us away from our bodies. Mm -hmm. The concrete, the, the stimulation outside of ourselves, the many sounds, especially in this city of Los Angeles, that really cause us to 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 be put our awareness outside it's of an ourselves. overload it is yeah. get out in nature that's why i'm like when you went to camp i was just like yeah my silent retreat is coming yeah. Ooh, when at the end of february Ooh, 10 Lord, days Lord. I, that's it you yes. know hearing yourself yeah and finding times and opportunities to to really listen if and if you can only put earplugs in your ears and close your eyes and set a timer for 10 minutes anywhere in your car in your apartment anywhere to be with yourself for that am amount of time is radical in a world that is keeping you from you so i say those two things really help me and their you know community and then self really mm -hmm. really help me stay alive Ooh, we didn't did it we didn't have things <laughs> You got to leave. You to make me cry. Um, before you do leave us, yes. though, plug yourself. Tell yes. us what you're doing. How yes. do we find you? How do you bless us? Plug Give us all in. your info. I'm so thankful I was able to really get my website up. So, <gasps> earth2jordy.com. So, earth, T-O, Jordy.com. Yes. And that just has all of the projects that um, I am doing, will do, have done mm -hmm. um, on there. Uh, my handle on Instagram is earth to Jordy. Um, and then I think on Twitter, it's like Jordy Magic, but my Twitter is connected via my website. So everything's there. I'm so thankful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, um, my book, I have this short story that I wrote already, um, that Bapari helped me record. Um, and you can check that out. Um, I have a short film that we're plugging into different festivals right now. So we're doing fundraising for that. Um, so if there's a festival that you have or would like to see our film there, um, let me know, hit me, hit me up. And then I also am like so excited to share this uh, new project Asada with, with you all. It's this uh, um, a divine black femme who's popping off a voice that we don't necessarily hear represented in the political um, arena, in the mm -hmm. political world. Um, Asada Shakur is currently still in an in asylum in mm -hmm. Cuba. Um, and this piece was an excerpt of a speech that she did um, and it's a movement piece as well that really allows the exploration of black femme identity um, in a lot of uh, uh, environments that you don't normally see, like a black femme army. Have you ever seen an army of black femmes? You know, like Not what is that Black look Panther. Like? You know, like what does that look like? What does, um, you know, uh, just all of these examples of black femme identity expanded through through Asada Shakur's words mm -hmm. of her own journey in this country particularly. So um, those are the projects coming up. And yeah, 
that's me. Can they book a session with you on your website? Oh, yes. Um, Please. My I've healing. had one. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. My healings and um, readings um, are all like found there and, and all of these things. I'm so thankful you reminded me of that. Listen, yes. Point. Yes. <laughs> so if you're in Los Angeles or not, I can do. Um, I've done uh, FaceTime readings as well as um, recording um, the reading and being able to send that as an audio file as well. So you can find all of that information on my website. Yay. Well, I'm so glad that we got to sit down and have this all cute, emotional ass conversation. um, So yeah, thank y'all for listening and thank you, Jordy, for sitting with me. Thank you. And as always, I want to give you three resources to follow that lovely, magical episode. First, an organization called BYP100 is an activist, member-based organization of Black, Black humans, 18 to 35 years old, who are dedicated to advancing wide-reaching public policy changes that create a more equitable economy and freedom of justice for all Black people. BYOP 100 is led by Charlene Kurthers. Your donation to BYOP 100 will help train, organize, and mobilize a national membership of young Black activists. Next, we have an organization called California Black Women's Health Project, which is a nonprofit organization established in 1994 as an affiliate of the Black Women's Health Imperative based in Washington, D.C. They seek to empower women to become active participants in improving their health status. Find them at CAB whp.org and last but not least a book written by gloria edam well-read black girl finding our stories discovering ourselves gloria edam turned her book book club into an actual book well-read black girls is a collection of essays from today's most prolific writers detailing how they fell in love with the written word it's the perfect book for book lovers and book nerds alike I'm so excited to announce we have a store. I've created a meditative coloring book filled with journal prompts, affirmations, and gorgeous illustrations for you to color. We have brand new Trauma Queen socks with cute little tiny crowns all over to remind you that you are a queen. And we have two kinds of tea, one focused on stress relief and one that's for healing that heart of yours. The tea bags come with little affirmations, so as you steep your tea, you set your intention. Everything will be available on my website, www.traumaqueen.love. That's www.traumaqueen.love. Thank you so much for listening. This season has been so special to record. And of course, I have to shout out all the people who made this possible. You can find us all on Instagram. Podcast artwork by Zoe Loves, Z-O-I-E-L-O-V-E-S, recorded and engineered by Bapari, B-A-P-A-R-I, produced by Boy God King, B-O-Y-G-O-D-K-I-N-G, and me, I'm your host, Jiminika. J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A. Support for this podcast made possible by our sponsor, BetterHelp, and people like you. If you'd like to contribute to supporting this work, you can do so by clicking the link in the podcast description. You can donate as little as 99 cents per month to keep us going strong. Every penny you send goes right back into making this resource accessible to the people who need it most. Thank you for listening, and happy healing!